morning. Welcome to our guest today. It's good to have you. If you know the, uh, the serenity prayer, um, will you say it with me now? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Those words, those 25 words were written in 1932 by a guy named Reinhold Niebuhr. And if you've never heard of him, do not feel bad. Uh, modern theologians refer to Reinhold Niebuhr as the most famous man you've never heard of. So he wrote this in uh, 1932, 25 words. God, grant me the serenity or the peace to accept the things I cannot change. Keep in mind, usually the things that we can't change are people. Have you noticed this? Because you can't control them and you can't change them. But what we can change is how we react to other people. Okay, so we can't change the person. So what I can do, however, is change how I'm reacting to this person, which takes somebody who's really poised to not take the bait. I mean, if I'm at work and somebody throws out bait or takes a little passive-aggressive jab, so that means I can't control. This person is really good at being toxic. Like, they're really talented at being toxic. So I can't change them. But what I can do is I can change how I'm reacting to their toxic attitude. Well, that means we're, we're kind of poised. Grant me the serenity to accept the things, the people I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can. So with that, what does that mean? It means that when we're changing ourselves, well, that requires humility. Because I gotta, that means I have to admit that I need something in here changing. <laughs> but if we change the culture, i.e. everything outside these doors, well, that requires courage. Because I can guarantee you this, folks, if you try to change that, you've got a big, fat target on your back. Buckle up, buttercup. And the wisdom to know the difference. How do we grow in wisdom? Well, we learn from our mistakes, hopefully. We take the advice of people that we trust, mentors. We pray, and we go forward and trust. We can't change other people. We can't control other people, but we can change how we respond to them. And the truth is, folks, when we, when we get used to change, if we change before we're forced to change, you know what happens? Change is not threatening, it's exciting. Let me just say that again. If you change before you're forced to change, it's not a threat. It's actually kind of invigorating. Why? Because we realize it's good for us. But most people don't think in those terms because they don't like change. This is my comfort zone. 
These are my peeps. This is my routine. But if we change before we're forced to change, wow, I kind of feel alive. Huh. I wonder if that's the Holy Spirit or just tequila. I don't know, man. I don't care. Right? It's amazing. You know, um, I've talked so many times about my favorite movie, um, The Sound of Music. Raise your hand if you've ever seen The Sound of Music. Okay, so those of you who have not seen it, you might need therapy. (laughs) All right, nobody's perfect. But my favorite person in The Sound of Music is um, Maria Von Trapp's uh, Mother Superior. Love this woman. I mean, she's amazing. So right at the beginning of the movie, right, um, they're trying to figure out, what do we do with this woman, Maria? Because half the nuns were like, she's a sinner, she's a saint, she's a sinner, she's a saint, she's a sinner, she's a saint. Okay, she's always late. She doesn't do anything perfect. She can't, she can't cook right, she can't polish the floor. Kick her out, mother. And the other nuns are like, she's so sweet, she's so awesome. She's a sinner, she's a saint. And so all this is a headache for her mother superior, and she's like, how do you solve a problem like Maria? I won't sing it. Okay, you get the point, okay? And then, of course, later when she's getting married, they're singing, how do you solve a problem like Maria for her wedding march? Ladies, aren't you glad they didn't sing that when you got married? But she was like, okay, what do I do? Well, One of the cool things is that Mother Superior realized, you know what, I'm not going to change her. I'm not going to change her. This is the the disposition personality that she was given. There's three lessons that we learn from the serenity prayer. Number one, detachment. You know what detachment is? It means I'm giving up the need to be praised for the work that I have done. I'm giving up the need to see the fruit of the work I've done. That's called detachment. In fact, I'm just going to plant the seeds, and actually it's better that somebody else receives the credit for all my work. You know why? That way I don't get a big head. But some people are so attached to the praise of other people, it's an addiction to them. Detachment, number two, control. I'm realizing the things I can control and the people I can't control. That's a humble person, boy when I realize what I can't control, because when we realize what we can't control, we stop trying to control what we can't control. And you know what happens when you stop trying to control what you can't control? (sighs) Peace. That's out of my lane. I can't control that. So you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. Funny how that happens. And then finally, change. I'm going to have the courage to change myself and the humility to change myself. And if need be, I'm going to change the culture and leave it a better place than I found it. So, Deuteronomy chapter 34. We hear about Moses today in the, in the Gospels. Deuteronomy chapter 34. God appears to Moses and he says this, Moses, look, you're old, you're about to die. Okay? I know you've just spent 34 years in the desert leading these people. You're about to die, so you're not going to see the promised land. You're not going to get there. So I want you to go up on Mount Nebo, 
and you're going to die there alone. That's what he tells him. Now, if, if it was me, I would have said, God, can we just do it here because that way I don't have to climb the mountain? I mean, that's what I would have said, right? But Moses is, you know, he's an old man, and he's, you can imagine it took him a while to kind of get up there. I mean, he's kind of like Yoda at that point. So he gets up, and he's at the top of the mountain. This is coming from Scripture, okay? He's at the top of the mountain, Mount Nebo, and he's looking down in the valley, and here comes Joshua with thousands and thousands of people, and he watches them enter the promised land, but he himself doesn't get there. He's seeing Joshua basically take all the credit for all his hard work. Now, random question. Raise your hand if you know the answer to this question. Does anybody know? Where did Martin Luther King Jr. give his last talk, his last speech before he died? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. The Mason Temple downtown, April 3rd, 1968. He was only 39 years old. Bad tornado that night. He wasn't going to come, and Ralph Abernathy called him and said, Dr. King, you need to come, man. These people want to see you. He's like, all right, whatever. So he shows up. And this is what Dr. King says to the sanitation workers, and I'm quoting. He says, you know, like anybody else, I'd love to live a long life. He said, longevity has its place. I'd like to live a long life. But I want you to know, I've been to the mountaintop, and I've looked down into the valley, and I have seen the promised land. And I may not get there with you, but I want you to know that we will get to the promised land. But that's okay, because I'm at happy now, and I'm at peace. Does that sound remarkably familiar to Moses on Mount Nebo? I can see the promised land, but I can't get there. But you know what? That's okay, because I don't have to. Here's my point with all this. We see in Moses and in Martin Luther King Jr. total detachment I don't have to receive the praise. In fact, it's better if I don't. A total lack of ego. Give it up. You want to grow rich? <laughs> Give it all away. You have a heart just so light, you know? Detachment. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, i.e. the people, the courage to change the things that I can in myself and in the culture, like Martin Luther King, like Moses, and the wisdom to know the difference, to be at peace with the things I can't change. Because maybe somebody else can do it better. Heaven forbid. Right? I'll close with this. So in... June of 2016, in Georgia, there was a woman named Maya Smith who is the head of what's called the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union in Georgia. And at the time, she had spent some time working for what we would call transgender bathrooms so that men can use women's restrooms, women can use men's restrooms, 
and locker rooms and everything in between. She worked and worked and worked for this, for transgender bathrooms. At the same time, she has three teenage daughters and they were in uh, Oakland, California. And they went into a public restroom, a women's restroom, and because it's legal there, here come three men into the public restroom who were harassing her three daughters. And as you can imagine, they were completely traumatized. Well, this completely and totally changed Miss Smith's attitude when it hit home. In other words, the very thing that she was advocating for, she completely changed publicly. Now, here's my question to you. Do you have any idea how much courage that takes? She had her name dragged through the mud, social media, the secular press, especially morning talk shows, just attacking her. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, which means that if I'm Martin Luther King Jr., I got the courage to walk into Memphis in the segregated South and do my little part. And the wisdom to know the difference. It is what Pope Benedict XVI once referred to simply as the intolerance of tolerance. We're tolerant of anything and everything and every lifestyle except that one we call Christianity. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage, Lord, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.